Welcome, and thank you for listening today. This Caregiver Life podcast focuses on caregivers from all walks of life. Throughout the episode, we will hear from caregivers on the front line, those who do the day-to-day, sometimes hour-to-hour caregiving. We will also hear from care recipients, professionals in the field of caregiving, and other various topics of interest to those living this caregiver life. Tom Wood is with me today, and we're going to have a conversation about the holidays and how we have handled the holidays over the years. It sounds familiar as Tom Wood, doesn't it? Yes, it does. As a guest. Yeah. yeah. Well, I introduce you as my guest. This is Tom Ward, the man I've been married to. We've been married for 39 and a half years. Yeah. And we have had 40 Christmases together. That's right. And New Year's and Thanksgivings. Yes. Together. And in 2020, we will be married for 40 years. That's right. We met each other, fell madly in love. Yes, we did. How many days did it take you to propose to me since the day we first you know, connected when we had that cup of coffee together? 29. 29 days. 29 days, right. And then we were, we were engaged for how long? Do you remember how long we were engaged for before we told people? No, I don't recall that, no. Mm, well, so we had our first date on March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. 1979. Yes. You proposed 29 days later. Yes. And we shared that we were engaged in the summer, that summer. Mm. So we had a secret engagement. Right. I kind of like that, though. Yeah. Did you like that? Sure. Yeah. 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 How'd you buy my engagement ring? I pawned my shotguns. Gosh, that's a lot of love right there. Yeah, I pawned two shotguns. And then, did you bring your mom with you to get my engagement ring? No, I only showed her when the day I went to pick it up. Oh, because she knew something was up. Yeah. Yeah, I had to. So that's that's our little backstory. That's that's the quick look at who we are. Yeah. Then we fast forward to 1993, October 23rd, 1993, and you you became you were very sick. You had a brain infection, and so our Christmases were fairly unremarkable up until that point. I mean, they were nice, they were wonderful, they were warm. You had a couple of bonuses for a few years and you bought me some nice gifts, some nice jewelry and some leather bags. And it was the kids were young and it was nice. It was really, it was really comfortable for you to have those kinds of Christmases, wasn't it? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was. It felt good. I still have a memory of us in our apartment in Hempstead, New York, just the two of us sitting on a futon, and you bearing gifts from Lord and Taylor. And I thought I died and went to heaven. Right. Yeah. Right. I was a stay-at-home yeah. mom with two little kids. It was, it was really wonderful. And then we fast forward to 1993, and man, you probably don't remember much about that Christmas, do you? I don't know. You'd have to guide me. Okay, well, I'll see what I can do to guide you. You still, you still may not remember some of the details, which is okay. And I think, you know, that's our point of sharing, you know, some of on this caregiver life, um, how we've handled some of the more difficult times in our life, especially around the holidays, which is an additional stress, even if you don't have 
an illness or a disability or a disease or a financial disaster you're dealing with or a job loss, just regular old life itself can be stressful during the holidays for people for various reasons. For us, for that Christmas, we were faced with uh, you not having a job because you were so sick. You had encephalitis. You were on IV antibiotics. You thankfully were home. We were able to do IV treatments at home. But we didn't have much money and we were really pretty nervous. I was pretty nervous. There was a lot that was put on me at that time in our life that I was felt very unprepared for. And so you were busy being very sick, foggy, thinking you were never going to get out of that fog. We lived in New York at the time. It was a very snowy winter. You had, uh, so do you remember the snow blindness that you experienced? Oh, I sure do. We had 17 snowstorms that year. I was wearing sunglasses in the house. Yeah, it was terrible. Your eye, you just couldn't take it, right? Yeah, yeah, the reflection was too bright. And so I hadn't had any gifts for the kids up until just before Christmas. We didn't have a tree. We didn't have a... We didn't have a, a, an artificial tree at the time. We since have an artificial tree, but at the time we didn't, so I had to go buy a tree, and we were used to you with your strength, you're a big, you're a big strong man, being able to get the tree and bring it in and put it in the tree holder and get it all standing up straight and everything for us, but you couldn't do that for us that Christmas. So the kids and I went to the firehouse where they had a, um, they saw Christmas trees and they would deliver if you wanted them to. And then you gave them a donation. I don't know where I thought I would get the money for a donation, but I had to get a Christmas tree for these kids. They were nine and 10 years old. So the, we picked out a tree and they delivered the tree and the kids were thrilled because the fire, you know, the firemen came in the house and it was, it was kind of exciting for them, which was really nice to see because mm. I don't think they felt a lot of happiness at that particular time. They, they were probably scared. Yeah. They weren't really sure what was wrong with their big, strong dad who seemed to be able to do everything up until that point. And we got the tree set up and they left and the kids and I worked on it. I don't really remember what you did. You probably came down. You, you were really big on at least being there physically. If you couldn't have been there mentally, you were there physically. So the kids, the kids didn't know that you weren't connecting with them or what was going on. But they could see you, and that meant a lot. And um, we finished decorating the tree. We went upstairs to bed, and I heard a huge crash in the living room. I really did a lousy job of getting that tree up in that stand. I could, didn't have the strength to tighten it down at the bottom, and the whole thing just oh, fell yeah, over. Right. And so the next day, you rallied. You came up with some solution. I think you put, what do you call it, an eye hook? An eye hook, yes. In the corner of the wall. Right. And we held it up with twine. We put twine around it. And it worked. And it was in the dining room. So the hell with the living room thing with the tree. It was yeah. in the dining room and we were living with that, right? Yeah. yeah. And then I had to go shopping for the kids. And I still didn't have any money. We, you had short-term disability coming in. We were working on long-term disability. So I ran over to Caldor's. It was a snowy day. I ran over to Caldor's and I bought as many things as I could, put it on a credit card, which is probably was not a good thing to do, but I could ha not have nothing under the tree for the kids. So I just bought a lot of small things. You know, thankfully, Sean just adored G.I. Joe men. Right. So you could buy many of them. I don't remember what I got, Kate. Little um, ponies or something like that. Hobby ponies. She was into those 
when you the little trolls for a while yeah, she liked yeah. crafty things so i was able to get those things and then i had to make up what a traditional christmas meal was for us because i couldn't afford to have the meals that we had in the past so i made something very inexpensive but made it very festive and it was uh, like baked CD or <laughs> something as simple as baked ziti. Mm. And I made no roll sugar cookies and we put, you know, the green and the red sprinkles on it. We kept it really basic. Right. And if I, if I offered any advice to anybody who's listening and thinking about how they can make this Christmas, a Christmas work or whatever holiday it is that you celebrate this time of year, I think it's being in it with the kids. I think it's making it adventurous for the kids more than anything else. Like, hey, we don't need those. We don't need to do what we did last year. That's, that was last year. Yeah. This is this year. And it's all how we presented it, pre- presented it to the kids, I think. Yeah, well, the kids didn't know that uh, sugar cookies with yellow, uh, red, and green sprinkles on it was not customary. Or that baked ziti was not customary. They didn't, they didn't realize that. No, they were too young, really. I mean, they might have remembered what we had done the year before, but we had moved, so we sort of were able to hide behind moving. We had moved from, we were in New York, moved to California, and had moved back from California to New York. And we had family in California, so whatever traditions we had there weren't weren't anymore anyway. So we could make it up as we went along. And then uh, I wrapped all of the gifts. You couldn't help me wrap all the gifts. And we, we made it work, and I... I think that if I remember the feelings that we had, that was the most important thing about Christmas, was that it was the giving of us to the kids, that we were able to be the adult in the room and put our feelings aside about what our future was for us. It was kind of a, it was a pretty scary time. We didn't know how sick you were going to get. We didn't know, we didn't even think about things like how this would, that would affect you in a, over the long term, having the encephalitis. And we didn't know what the financial challenges were going to be in the next few months, never mind the next few years. Here we are, 26 years later. And we had our ups and downs, but we survived it because we always did it together. That was the most important thing. And I I like to think that that, and you know, I could be wrong, we could ask the kids, but I I think that the kids have memories of it being us. So you can give lots of gifts over the holidays, but if you can't give of yourself during your holidays, then you're really not giving the best gift that you can. Yeah. And then I don't really remember some of the other holidays. I think we just were winging it. Yeah, we, we were winging it for sure. From year to year. We never really, we didn't have a Christmas club because we just couldn't. We were, oftentimes we were drowning in financial stress. Yeah. Right, and so this year, what's our Christmas going to be this year? Well, this year we're going to uh, get with Lily and Joe. And who's Lily and Joe? Lily and Joe is, uh, that's Sean's children. That's Sean's children. Those are our grandchildren. Grandchildren, that's right. And they are uh, 19 months and six years old. And it's a big decision for us to do that. It's a, it's a big drive. It's a 10-hour drive. Our daughter Kate's going to help us do the drive. We don't often, we're not, we've never seen Joseph on Christmas. 
or Lily on Christmas. Well, I mean, she's only had one Christmas, but we haven't been with the little ones in a long time for a Christmas. And since you have ALS, certainly days are not promised. I mean, they're not promised to any of us, right? We don't know what tomorrow will bring for anybody. But we do know with ALS that the end game is much sooner for people. We've been working on this for nine and a half years with ALS. We see a lot of changes coming. So this year, we decided that we would continue to give the gift of us and be present for the kids. Right. Not give many presents. Right. But to be present. How do you feel about that? I think it's true. You think it's true? Yeah. Are you excited? I can't wait to see Lily again. Yeah? And? And Joe? Joe? Get out of here. Yep, and what do they call you? Poppy. Poppy and Granny. I don't know where they got it from. I didn't tell them to call me Poppy, but that's what they came up with. So. Yeah, and they're a lot of fun. And oh. and our children will be together, and Courtney, our daughter-in-law, will be there, and we yeah. love her to pieces. Yeah, so, so this year the gift, the present, is the gift of us. Right. And what would you offer to people who are listening to our podcast about the holidays, about how to take some of the stress levels down for themselves. Jeez, I don't even know where to start with that. I would, I would try to, um, I don't know, try and do it the way we did. Try and make your own conventions and your own. Uh, try not to give into Hollywood or Madison Avenue and try to make your own uh, traditions for your family. Try and keep it small, you know, friendly, upbeat, difficult as it may be. It's only. It's only a small period of time out of the year. You got to do your best for that period of time, because the children are likely to remember. Got to give them the best you got. So you do. You have to give them uh, all your love. Yeah. Give and them I, all love. I think if I could say one word that sums up all those Christmases since you got sick so long ago, what carried us through every single step of the way was how much we love each other. Mm, yeah. we, we would do anything for each other. Yeah. I would take the disease from you if I could, but and you wouldn't give it to me. <laughs> I'm sure you wouldn't give it to me. You can have a lot, but you can't have my disease. I can't have your disease, yeah. but I can have all of your love. You can have all the rest of it, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so that's it. So we're going to sign off um, till the next time. We hope everybody has a safe holiday, whatever holiday it is that you have with your family. And we hope that you have um, a really good 2020. We, right. we hope you'll send us a message through this caregiver life at gmail.com or give us a voicemail message on our podcast. You can find us on Facebook at This Caregiver Life, and you can find us on Instagram, This Caregiver Life, and you can find us on Twitter as well called This Caregiver. Um, So till the next time.